uh, Peter. We've got Jim King. He is the master artist for beekeeping. And uh, what organization do you work with here, Jim? Uh, Virginia Humanity for the Arts. And so tell us a little bit about beekeeping. Obviously, we have a very specific image when we think of that, of, of what beekeeping is, but how would you explain what uh, your craft is to just a layperson? Uh, okay. Uh, I li uh, live down in southwestern Virginia in the mountains. Uh, my family, back to my, far as I know, back to my grandfather was a beekeeper. And... Uh, we enjoy beekeeping to uh, uh, for nature. I, I'm a nature person, right? And uh, I like uh, uh, to work with the bees. Uh, uh, they make honey, but first of all, they pollinate all the crops uh, that we eat, like grapes and apples and pecans and on and on and on basically everything that we eat yeah a lot of uh, people myself included have a little bit of kind of an ingrained fear of bees uh, but I assume as as somebody who works with them on a daily basis that you have a different perspective on their role uh, why would you say you you hinted at it there but why would you say that bees are important and beekeeping itself is an important tradition uh, well to, to carry on the art uh, you know, of beekeeping, it's kind of a dying thing, you know, and we're having a lot of problem with bees, so. The bees are uh, disappearing. Uh, yeah, uh, with disease and one thing or another, and we don't know what exactly is causing that, but uh, that's another story. Uh, but uh, I just like, you know, carrying on with the bees, and uh, uh, I've retired now, and that's something I, I enjoy. That's probably one of my main hobbies is keeping bees. So can you walk us through a kind of basic day where you're carrying the bees? Uh, if, if you just got one day where you're going to be working with the bees, so you wake up and you've gotten ready, what's the first thing you do to check on your bees? Uh, okay, and like in the spring of the year when bees are swarming, that's when they're reproducing. They're, uh, they'll bring a swarm out with a new queen. So uh, like in April and May, I want to make sure that I make my rounds. I've got bees in about five different locations. Right. And I like to go out and make my rounds to make sure, you know, if there's a swarm in a tree, well, then I can catch that swarm and put it in a new hive and start a new colony of bees. And what do you get out of uh, taking care of these bees? Um, is, it, is it just honey? What other, are, are there other products that you get? Uh, yeah, we get wax uh, for candle making, and uh, then they, I, th I think, uh, I, I don't do this, but I think uh, some people gather the pollen, you know, oh. for like people that have allergies and that type thing. Right on. So you collect the wax and the honey. Uh, so most people, they know honey comes from bees, but we get it in those like teddy bear uh, jars at the grocery store. And uh, how, how, how long does it take to get that much honey? Uh, how much honey do you get out of one hive? Uh, probably uh, anywhere from uh, uh, maybe 15 pints to uh, if you've got a stronger hive of bees, well, you might get 30 pints. And it, it's all according to the nectar flow that's out there. If you've got uh, a lot of wet weather, you know, if it rains every day, well, the bees can't make any honey. 
And and how many bees on average are in these hives that are producing that 15 to 30 pints of honey? Probably 50,000. 50,000. You said you've got five different uh, beehives set up? Well, no, I've got 18 hives. Oh, 18. But I've got them in five different locations. And so how many bees is that in total? That sounds like a lot. 18 times 50. Wow, I, I'm not. I'm not going to try to do the math off the top of my head because I know somebody out there is going to just call in and correct me. Um, so you have you, you've been uh, working with this. You said it goes back to your father and your grandfather, to the best of your knowledge. How yeah. long have you personally been involved with beekeeping? Did you start it at a young age? Uh, yes, I'm 72 year old, and uh, I remember as a kid when I was probably five or six year old, following my dad around you know, checking on working with the bees. And uh, then by the time I was probably 18-year-old, I had my own bee apparel. Interesting. And is there are there any big misconceptions that you found in the years that you've been beekeeping that people have about your craft? Uh, not really. Uh, in the part of the country where I live, like I say, down in the mountains in southwest Virginia, why... Basically, everybody down there knows about bees. Right. So there's no misconception about them that, that I know of. And if if somebody is interested and potentially wants to explore uh, beekeeping, uh, if you wanted to tell somebody why they should uh, explore that as a craft, as a hobby or something, what kind of advice would you give to that person? Well, uh, first of all, you would uh, probably talk to a beekeeper, you know, kind of personal-like. Uh, it's kind of hard to read about it and, you know, pick it up on YouTube and all that stuff. It's, right. It's kind of a personal thing that, you know, people can, if you get with a beekeeper. And most beekeepers, uh, they're very generous with their skills. And I understand, uh, speaking of beekeepers being generous with their skills, that you do have uh, an apprentice here because you're the master. Is that correct? That's correct. So can you tell us a little bit about what it's like uh, working with your apprentice? Um, how old are they and how long have you been training them? Okay. Uh, my apprentice started, uh, he got interested in beekeeping last year. And sometime probably uh, two or three months prior to the festival last year he become interested in bees and so I got him a couple of hives and got him some bees and got him started and now he's up to <clears throat> he's probably up to about six hives now and doing well and uh, he li- he probably lives about 30 miles from me right and uh, but uh, me and him communicate two or three times a week and and what kind of average workload on a day, how long do you spend taking care of the bees? What kind of work investment is there uh, if somebody wanted to have this as a hobby or a practice? Well, uh, once, once you get a hive, they pretty much do the work themselves, you know, and then you've got to go back uh, and take the, we call it robbing, uh, take the honey from them. Right. And uh, if you took off uh, uh, three supers, uh, a super is a 10-frame uh, box that sits on top of the bees that right. they, they put the honey in for us to take out. We never take out the honey in the main hive. That's left for them, you know. Right. But if, if you went out and did uh, uh, three hives in a day, took the honey from them, and got it canned, you're talking about probably 
five hours that day, and then the next day you're going to go back and can it and do all that. So I'd say 10 hours to, just to do three three uh, supers honey. Oh, wow. Um, so before I invited you up here to come join us on the air, you were uh, showing me uh, this collection of bees that you currently have in one of the slabs, and you were pointing out the queen to me, and you were telling me a story about uh, how you acculturate the new queen bee to a new hive because you bought this queen bee from somebody uh, local and you had to introduce her to a hive that wasn't her own. Can you explain that uh, process for our listeners? Because I found that fascinating. Uh, yeah. Uh, like I was fixing an observation hive to bring to the festival. So I took a frame of bees, which had a, probably a thousand bees on it, and put it in a glass box where they could, uh, where people can observe it. Right. Uh, so, I I couldn't take the queen away from the original hive because that would destroy that hive. So, I put this frame in. I go buy a queen from a neighbor guy up the road that grows queens, and uh, you have to put her in a little cage because if you just turned her loose immediately in that hive, why well, the bees would kill her because she's foreign to them. So you put her in a little cage with a little uh, piece of peppermint candy <laughs> in the tube, and you uh, put the queen and about five worker bees in this little cage, and they eat their way through that uh, piece of peppermint. And the other bees in the hive, they start from the other end, so right. they meet each other, and they become acquainted with each other in about three days while she's out with the rest of them. And and now she's just hanging out with all of the hang, bees, being surrounded by the loyal workers. Yeah. So what happens to that hive and those thousand bees who are in there now? Are they going to be able to go back to the hive that they originally came from and get along with their old queen? Is there some sort of royalty kind of Game of Thrones-esque uh, conflict going on? Yeah, you can't, uh, you can't put them directly back in there. We have a little process that we go through that uh, we take just a sheet of newspaper and separate those bees from the other bees, and in about three or four days, they'll eat through that piece of newspaper, and right. then they will readjust back. readjust back to each other. So I'm sure one question a lot of the listeners out there are having right now, and I touched on it earlier, um, are you still scared of bees? Because you work around them on a daily basis, but a lot of us really just kind of get that run and uh, uh, fight or flight reflex when we are have a bee even flying close to us, even if it's a small sweat bee. How do you react to things like that? Uh, actually, I'm not afraid of them. Uh, I'm just cautious around them. Right. Uh, because they, you know, if you're taking their honey from them, they will sting you. So, you know, I usually put on a bee suit, you know, with a screen over my face and everything, so... And they kind of swell me, so... But to be afraid of them, no. I I mean, I work with thousands of them flying around me, and I don't pay any attention to them. All right. So, uh, will you remind us really quickly, uh, Mr. King, just uh, where, if any listeners want to go to find out more about your craft, is there anywhere that they can go? Do you have a website or a present somewhere? Uh, I do not have a website, uh, but you can... Uh, other people, you know, that do. I'm not, uh, I'm probably computer illiterate, so uh, <laughs> I know how to turn it on. That's about it. But, right on. But uh, there's a lot of information on the internet now about it, and uh, you can uh, order books from uh, Walter Kelly and Brush Mountain Beekeepers and 
all those people are on the web page too. And you are selling uh, honey here at the Virginia Folklife Apprenticeship Showcase, aren't you? We are selling honey today, yes. All right, fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Mr. King. You have a fascinating craft, and I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, sit down and talk with me. Uh, thank you. I All look right. forward to seeing some more beekeepers. I hope so, too. Well, Peter, uh, what did you think about that interview? Oh, bee, all, all types of bees fascinate me, and especially just the fact that you know, of course, and bees have been having such a tough time. Uh, so I've been running in and out, so I didn't get to catch all of it. But I, if you don't mind, maybe you, you've already touched on this. But with all the bees, you know, the, all the problems they're having, is were it the bees coming in from Canada that were the problem? Or is it just the fact that with the inbreeding and, and all the pesticides? Or uh, You hit on it when you said pesticide. That's my theory right okay. there. Uh, but we also have a varroa mite, which is like a little microscopic, type thing it attaches herself to the bees and they feed off of the bees and uh-huh. uh, so and that's what's that's causing it. that that's one of the things but now the colony collapse disorder is a whole different thing and i think maybe that's in the spray and uh picking up a lot of insecticides and they become disoriented like you have a good strong hive of bees and they'll have food and about march or april when the weather starts warming up why well, you have bees today, and tomorrow they're all gone. Oh, wow. Now, I'm curious about bears. you have any problems with bears coming in and messing up your... Uh, not right where I live, but uh, I have neighbors that do have some bears. Uh, in fact, uh, the guy that I've been training, he lives on Mount Rogers near the park up there, and they have a lot of bears. So he's had to hook up some little devices, you know, to keep the buyer scared away hopefully he's not had any problem yet well my, my neighbor to the back uh he's a beekeeper and at least once a year he's got bears coming in and messing hip up his so sometimes i know he's out there at two o'clock in the morning with his uh with his 45 and just trying to scare him off so yeah <laughs> his yeah. 30 uh, whatever it is they'll so. completely destroy a hive of bees yeah he's had that happen yeah. on more than one occasion and yeah. you know there's just something about that real honey as opposed to what they call grade a pure honey that you get in the store so yeah. and folks if you haven't had that chance i certainly encourage it and as you've been hearing with our master beekeeper jim king and of course robert packard from wtju soundboard public affairs well thank you so much to both of you that was really enjoying uh, enjoyable and i appreciate your tolerating my questions uh, I, uh I, i've enjoyed it and, and 